welcome to my mommy's podcast. Today's podcast is sponsored by one of my favorite companies, Four Sigmatic. I love all of their delicious coffee, teas, and elixirs, and they're such a part of my daily routine that I can't even remember the last time a day went by when I didn't consume at least one of their products. They have both caffeine-free and naturally caffeinated options like coffee and matcha combined with superfood mushrooms like chaga, cordyceps, and reishi. Their drinks are functional and delicious, and I notice a difference when I don't drink them. My normal routine is this. I drink coffee with lion's mane in the morning for energy. I'll sip on cordyceps or chaga elixirs during the day while I work, and at night I wind down with a cup of reishi elixir or sometimes reishi cocoa. My kids also love the reishi cocoa, and it helps them sleep, which is a win-win for all of us. You can check out all of their products and save 15% on any order with the code wellnessmama, all one word and all lowercase, by going to foursigmatic.com forward slash wellnessmama. And again, that's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash wellnessmama. And make sure to use that code wellnessmama to save 15%. This podcast is brought to you by Radiant Life Catalog. Radiant Life is a woman-owned, family-run, online health and wellness company that specializes in food-based supplements, nutrient-dense foods, eco-friendly housewares, water filtration, and purification. After spending over 20 years in the health industry, Radiant Life realized that one of the overlooked components of well-being is often access to clean, healthy, and hydrating water. Now they have a range of water filters that fix this and they have one for every type of house and every budget from countertop units to under the counter units and even the whole house filter that we have at our house. Their systems are crafted with a focus on health and wellness. So they improve the taste and the smell of water, but more importantly, they remove a wide range of potentially harmful contaminants. They also have an in-house water expert available all the time to guide you through their system selection process and answer any questions via phone or email. Their systems are also designed and built in the USA and really high quality. So you can learn more and see all the options and connect with the water expert if you need to by going to radiantlife.com forward slash wellness mama. So radiantlife.com forward slash wellness mama. And I locked in a special discount just for you guys. They almost never give discounts, but you can save $200 on a whole house or a 14 stage water system by using the code WM podcast. So again, check out radiantlife.com forward slash wellness mama and use the code WM podcast to save $200. Hello and welcome to the wellness mama podcast. I'm Katie from wellnessmama.com and I'm here today with Dr. Rick Henriksen, who is a board certified family physician at SteadyMD and he treats, educates, and counsels patients online using an integrative approach to health and wellness called concierge medicine. It's what my family uses and we talk a little bit about that today, but we also talk about how he uses the principles of ancestral health, functional medicine, and other modalities to improve long-term health and whole body wellness in his patients and their families. He's a Whole30 certified coach and the personal doctor doctor to Whole30 CEO, Melissa Hartwick Urban. Dr. Henriksen is currently accepting a limited number of patients through StudyMD, and the link to find out more about that is in this podcast. But I think you will enjoy this pretty wide-ranging podcast where we cover functional medicine for families, how to reduce stress in a practical and tangible way, not just take a deep breath, uh, and many other different topics that might be very relevant and tangible to your health. Dr. Rick, welcome, and thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. 
I am excited to chat with you. As I mentioned in the intro, you are a concierge medicine doctor with SteadyMD, and you are also Melissa Urban's personal physician, which means that you have an understanding of Whole30 and functional medicine and are a great resource for families. I would love to start off by hearing your story. How did you get to this point? Because I feel like um, while I am a huge fan and use concierge medicine, uh, I, it's not a super common thing right now. So I've always loved to hear the journey that got someone there. Yeah, that is, that's a great question to start with. And, you know, it almost comes into two different things because there's one, like, how did I get into functional medicine? And then how did I decide to go into more of a, a membership-based or concierge-type medicine? So they kind of dovetail a little bit and they go together, but at the same time, they're a little bit separate. So I'll, I'll start with the, um, uh, you know, how did I get into concierge medicine or this membership-based practice? So that actually starts in my, in my previous job. I was on faculty at the University of Utah in their school of medicine. I taught medical students and residents, and I actually have a background in, in health policy. I have a master's degree in, in public policy. And so part of my main focus um, of my teaching was teaching health policy. And I was teaching students, I was teaching residents um, all about these like new ways to pay for healthcare, different payment models. And, and it was always this like theoretical process of like in the future, maybe we could change and we can have these different ways of doing it, which are much better and then finally, I just got like fed up and I was like tired of like doing um, a model and being in a model that wasn't making me happy, that wasn't making my patients happy, that wasn't helping out anybody. I was like, we've got to change. So that's when I decided to like take the leap, um, cha- you know, leave my very nice, very comfortable life and decide to open up my own practice and join SteadyMD and to get into more of this concierge, um, very patient um, centered focus that also is great for physicians. So that's really kind of in a nutshell. That's how I went from like a very traditional academic practice that I never wanted to leave to being unhappy, super stressed to, to then joining kind of this new wave of physicians. Yeah. And from the patient side, I'll say it's been amazing for me as well. For anyone who's not familiar with the concept, basically, um, you could probably explain it better than I could, but a doctor is allowed to have many, like a lot fewer patients and to give them a lot more one-on-one attention and basically through concierge medicine, because you have a doctor that you're paired with that you can reach out to when you need them. You don't have to go into an office visit. Um, For me, it's actually been financially really beneficial as well. We end up paying less, especially with the family. But can you speak to that from the doctor's side of just um, how that reduces your patient load and lets you give more attention to each of your patients? Yeah, absolutely. So in the kind of traditional insurance or fee-for-service model, you know, a patient, when they go see the doctor, they, they pay a certain flat fee or the insurance pays it for them. And so the doctors then, um, you know, they don't get paid outside of that. They don't get paid generally for doing emails or for phone calls. And it's only like when a patient comes into your office that you get paid. And so the incentive for the doctor is like, oh, I got to get patients to come in. So the, the more patients you get in, the shorter your visits are, the more the more the doctor can then make us, you know, make a living. And so so it really does not serve the patient well at all, because then you have five, 10 minute visits. You don't go into you don't have time to go into any root cause analysis. And so the you know on the opposite side of that is this kind of membership. It's almost like thinking of like a gym membership for your doctor. You know, you pay this monthly membership fee, you go in or you have access to your doctor as needed. Right. And so it changes the nature of that of that relationship instead of instead of having, you know, when I was when I was like in a full practice or do, or family doctors that are in the traditional model, they'll have anywhere from 1,600 patients to like 2,400 patients, so like a large number. Um, when you reduce that down to like doing a more of a membership-based or concierge-based practice, you can have four to 600 patients. And so you have fewer numbers of patients that you um, 
are helping with, you're helping them on a deeper level because you have, they have access to you outside of the visit. Um, oftentimes, you know, my patients, like you said, you, they can text me um, through, through the app you know, or take care of things that aren't necessarily like actually in the visit because when I get paid, it's based on that monthly amount, number of patients I have. And so my goal is to make and help my patients to be healthy and happy long term. So they stay my patients so that I can get a kind of a set amount and a salary each month. But also, I don't necessarily just have to like have a visit in order to get paid. So change is the way that I deliver care. I reach out. I do things that a doctor in a different system wouldn't necessarily do. And we can be more proactive and we can I can send messages. I can call my patients on their birthdays, like things like that, that I can do that um, would normally not get paid for. But because I am getting paid like on a monthly kind of a salary more so, it allows me to, to really dig in and to help families and patients out on more of an individual level. Yeah, absolutely. It makes so much sense. And it's been amazing for us with eight of us in my family. Whenever there's something with the kids, I can text or video chat. Um, it's just a much quicker process. And the doctor already knows our medical history. So there, it just saves so much time. It saves the office visit and it saves money. And I, I, like you said, you check in with your patients. I think that's the other beauty of it is because there's no time constraints, you're able to just have a lot more time and more focus with your patients. And I know that you also take more of a holistic functional medicine type approach with your patients. Um, so I'd love, especially for families, to hear a little bit about your approach when you onboard a new patient or a new family. What are some of the things that you look at, um, specifically if they're wanting just to improve health in general, maybe not they don't have a specific health concern? What are some of the markers that you consider important to look at? Yeah, sure. So, you know, when, when we're looking at families, so first off, I look at my own family and see kind of what's real life. And so I think that's where, you know, my friends and families are friends and you know, my family are doing the same things that my patients are. And so I, you know, I have that frame to be able to say, okay, what is going on there? And then I also know as a physician, I know my patients really well and their families really well. So in that first visit, I really make sure I get to know their background. So what is it that is making them or, the, or their life? How are they ticking? Like what's going on? And so in my first visits, you know, I spend so much time um, on sleep, stress management, nutrition, exercise, fit, you know, other fitness components. We spend like my patients always want to jump in. They're like, I have this problem. And they like make a list and they have like a thousand problems. I'm like, wait, 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 hold on. Let's let's go into the foundation first and make sure that I understand kind of where you're coming from. Because when you have Hashimoto's or when you have a gluten intolerance or something's going on, if I don't have that other foundational piece, if I don't understand that, then then we're missing out. And so I always start there because I think for a lot of folks that are that are looking for solutions, sometimes the easiest solutions are the ones that we all know, right? And so my patients know they need to be sleeping more. They, they, they know a lot of these things. Sometimes they're just not implemented very well. And so making sure we're, we're staying focused on, on those before we jump into the more intricate, detailed kind of root cause of like why they have Hashimoto's or or what is it about um, their chronic fatigue, and so and so make you know that's kind of step one that I would say, and then step two is then giving my patients kind of the the license for self compassion. I think a lot of my patients and families come in and moms and dads are super stressed and their kids are sick or they're sick. And they have so much stress and anxiety and they feel like failures. So number two is I always like self-compassion for, for, you know, making sure that my patients know like this isn't your fault. It's not because you're a bad person that like you're unhealthy. It's not because of these issues, but this is just the way that like life took you. And whether that's like, a you know, an eternal cosmos or whatever it is or genetics or, you know, this is where you are now and like having compassion for what you've been through. 
I think is also like, for me, is step number two kind of in that process. Yeah, I think absolutely. That's such an important step. Yeah. So then, so then after that, you know, step three then is, is really looking, okay, so then what do we do? And, and then it's like looking at, um, do we need to get some more advanced testing? You know, I obviously I look at what has happened in the past. Um, you know, what testing has been done. And a lot of, a lot of my patients that come in, I've had, you know, they have 10 or 15 different um, pages of, of labs that they've done in the last few years. And so a lot of times they don't actually need any more testing, but some patients do need to start there and, and we need to look at that. But sometimes they just need an, another, you know, set of eyes of somebody looking at the data. Maybe they've had that ordered on their own, which happens a lot, or they ordered it with a provider that wasn't necessarily super keen on understanding how those, how those results work. And so, taking time to be able to look into some of those results and then really coming up with a plan then for that patient to then to then undertake. So whether that's changing lifestyle issues um, like nutrition, sleep, et cetera, or, or doing some herbal treatments or doing some other type of, of medical treatment. And then, and then it's, and then it's waiting for the patient to do it. So that's, I think that the next step four is being patient. And this is what's really hard. I think for patients and families is that we have a plan in place We've got to give it a shot and changes in our body don't happen overnight. So we're talking four or six weeks at least to give something an option. And then after that time, we regroup. And this is where I love the model of like concierge, like through SteadyMD, is that I love having that ability to then regroup. So and whether that's through a text message or a short time, but like we can regroup easily. We can have that model. I already know what's going on. And we see like, is this working? Is our treatment happening um, or do we need to be more patient or do we need to make make changes? And that's that's kind of the flow that you would see in like a, a general structure with uh, with our patients in SteadyMD is just like assessing, coming up with a plan, having patients, reassessing. And that side going through those cycles over the course of a year or so can really make some long term changes. For sure. And I think that's an important thing to keep in mind as well is that like you said, these are long-term changes. I know that's been my experience having Hashimoto's and working through that over the last about eight years is change is absolutely possible, but it's not possible overnight. And I think that's true with almost any health condition. Certainly, if, you know, someone has celiac disease and they remove gluten, they might notice a difference very quickly, but you're not going to resolve any health condition overnight. So I'm curious with your patients and now being able to have this deeper relationship with them, what are some of the more common things, the more common issues that you're seeing in today's, in, in the families and patients you work with? Yeah, so number one would be gut issues for me. So I have a large number of patients that come to me specifically for it if they have gut issues or it's something that's underlying that they didn't necessarily think about. So easily that's the number one thing that people are dealing with is the things that I think are a lot of people think are common, you know, like having loose stools and constipation that are like super common. And so a lot of times my patients will come in and and they think that like that's normal. And then I'm like, no, that's not normal to have like it's not normal to have diarrhea a few times a day. Like We've got to like see what's going on under you know under the hood and see if we can fix that. So so that's number one is looking at gut health and, and making sure that's tuned up. And then and then other kind of latent um, autoimmune diseases I think is something that's else has come up quite a bit for me and the patients that I work with, whether that's Hashimoto's, you know, or, or eczema or, or even asthma, those kinds of things that are getting um, you know expressed more often and are becoming um, become bigger issues. Um, fatigue, you know, not sleeping enough, insomnia, and migraine headaches. Those are all other ones that are kind of hot topics that I deal with a lot. And they're all really re um, kind of revolving around very similar problems. And, and so when I'm looking at a patient, it's really trying to look at all of their issues, boiling it down to what are, what are the things kind of 
maybe going to the background of all of those and 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 then taking some steps to direct target each treatment. Um, but oftentimes, you know, it's one treatment can kind of hit in multiple different outcomes as well. Gotcha. Are there any, so when you onboard a new patient or new family, are there any general guidelines that you start with as just that seem to be applicable to everyone or is it very individualized? In other words, are there dietary approaches that in general work for most people that you start with or lifestyle factors um, or is it just you go completely case by case? Yeah, so I think this is an interesting, I think, uh, yeah, there are definitely some general principles. It's interesting because the patients that are coming to me oftentimes are already doing those general principles. And and so, you know, folks, you know, limiting our, our processed carbohydrates is obviously like one of the best things we can do, like cutting out sugar out of our lives, you know, sleeping more. Like those are like fundamentals that a lot of the patients that I see are already doing and a lot of your listeners, I'm sure, are already working on. Um, so those like making sure those are intact and in place, those fundamentals are like the key, um, but you're right, like the nutrition, the nutritional changes to making sure that I get enough sugar, um, having a, health, a healthier relationship with food. So that's also a big component too, is like this very much yo-yo or a lot of like anxiety, stress and and low self-esteem relating to food. That's another one that has, a, a has at the beginning of conversations is very apparent. So yeah, making sure we work on those, but then like specifics, like most of my patients, I have low vitamin D. So I'm always like starting vitamin D or testing vitamin D on almost all of my patients. That's like something universal. Like I very rarely do I see someone that has an optimal vitamin D level. Um, I think, you know, often most of my patients are also very low on magnesium. So if I was like going to like kind of give like a blanket, like this is something that I always do with every patient is like, making sure they're getting enough magnesium and making sure that their vitamin D is like be, um, in check. Cause I think those also kind of create a foundation to, to making other changes kind of ubiquitously. I absolutely agree. Those were definitely huge keys for me. Um, I found out I had very low vitamin D toward the early part of my journey. And now it's something I make a point to get moderate sun exposure um, and also to eat vitamin D containing foods and to watch my levels pretty carefully. Um, let's talk about magnesium because I've written about it a few times. I know from my own experience how big of a difference it makes, but I feel like a lot of people still maybe are not as familiar with it. So can you explain um, why magnesium is so important in the body? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of it we don't know, but a lot of it we do. And, and magnesium is important in the regulation of how we use also and how we use calcium and vitamin D and they're all intertwined. It's just really um, great. Um, you know, it's this electrolyte. That's this mineral that we get in our foods. Unfortunately, most of the foods that we're eating these days are low in magnesium. And so what ha what's, what's happening is that these processes are starting just to kind of break down and we don't have the, the you know, the right ions and and the levels that we that we need and, and without going into like too many specifics, you know, magnesium is going to help you sleep better. It's going to make sure that your bowels are regulated, that your that your gut is healing. So all of these different processes rely on a stable amount of magnesium. And and what unfortunately what happens is like we'll have providers or even my patients as like, oh, can we check my magnesium level? And so we go, we check their serum magnesium or even a red blood cell magnesium and we say, oh, it looks like it's good. Unfortunately, those those tests are really not super accurate for what's going on in the whole body. Most of your magnesium is in the cells. And, and while red blood cell uh, magnesium is a little bit better test than that, um, it's still not great. Your body tightly regulates how much magnesium is in, in the plasma serum of your blood. And so if you have a normal level there, what it means is like your body is regulating it and it's pulling it out of the cells. And so it's, it's not able to do what it needs to do inside of the cells either. And there's all kinds of other 
um, processes and, and pathways that use magnesium also within this within the cell. So I think that's one of the things that like is helpful is that you know I start some magnesium on folks, and they tend to start sleeping better, their mental health improves, and a few other things that that I can find usually kind of help out with that. Yeah, I noticed the sleep improvement for sure. And I know I've had friends who noticed improvements with anxiety and depression, mental health stuff. They saw a big change from magnesium. Is there a particular form that you prefer in supplements? And also, can you give us a primer of just some foods to to watch out for that have magnesium in them that are good to consume? Yeah, so um, so as far as there's there's several different types of magnesium. It's another thing is there's they're, they're always come up with different formulations of it. Um, and it really depends, honestly, on what's going on for the patient. So if I have patients that have a lot of a lot of constipation, then honestly, giving one of the like more poorer forms of magnesium that like are cheaper, older forms like magnesium citrate, for example, um, can actually do better to help loosen the stools. So it really is somewhat dependent. But if you're someone that has more diarrhea or you have loose stools and you want to start magnesium, then you definitely need to use something like magnesium glycinate, like a chelated uh, magnesium. And the reason for that is that it's going to reduce the amount of loose stools from that magnesium. It's just more absorbable. As the magnesium, if it doesn't get absorbed through your gut lining, then it goes into your large intestine and it actually pulls water in and causes osmotic, you know, loosening of stools and 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 cause can cause diarrhea. I mean it's one of the things that we use when people are getting cleanouts for colonoscopies, for example. So if you if it kind of depends on, on that a little bit. Now as far as foods, honestly, um while we like to say, you know, I think this is where you know, eating your 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 leafy greens and your vegetables and making sure you're getting an adequate amount of those um, is going to be really really important because you know most of the most magnesium we're getting from there. And so that's why when I have patients that are doing low carb or keto or something like that they're just not getting as 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 many of those nutrients. But honestly, even with folks that are eating a well balanced um, diet, they can still be low in magnesium because of poor food quality, right? The the, the the food or the way it's grown, we just aren't getting as much magnesium into our into our diets as we had previously. So, unless you're unless you're are like you can carefully control the type of garden you have and you're eating all your food from there and and you're tightly managing that, it's probably pretty hard to to get to optimal levels without some type of supplementation. To be honest, yeah, that is my personal experience as well. And from what I read, you flush out any extra magnesium you don't need in most cases unless you're just taking massive, massive doses. So it's one of those things that I always viewed as a little bit of like an insurance policy, um, especially when you read the things that can deplete magnesium levels in the body, at least in my research, were things like, um, you know, caffeine consumption and stress and not sleeping enough, like so many things that just go with modern life. It seems like a great, uh, just an insurance policy to have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, you know, insurance policy, totally. And that's where, and that's where I think this is where, um, I don't want my patients to feel guilty, right? If they're like, I'm eating organic and I'm doing my best and it's, I'm still having these problems. So I'm a failure. And I'm like, no, you're not a failure. Like the environment has set you up to fail. Um, it's not your fault. And this is one of those areas where I'm like, have some compassion for yourself. You didn't fail because your magnesium is not enough. Like, and you have to take a supplement. It's not because you didn't do good enough buying the organic vegetables. So that, I just wanted to say that out, out front. That's a good point. And I think a really good perspective and something I have to keep in mind as well, because I often hear people say things like, you know, why do we have to do all the supplementation and all these lifestyle interventions and be so careful with diet? Like our grandparents just ate whatever they wanted and they were fine. And I always come back to that as like, 
we're dealing with a lot more. Our bodies face a lot more in the modern world and even just a couple of generations ago. So we do have to be a little bit more proactive, but that also means we have to give ourselves some grace because we're facing more than previous generations have faced. And that's especially true. I know a topic that you've talked about some before is stress. And I'd love to go a little deep on this because I've talked to so many people who they've got their diet dialed in. Maybe they've even done a whole 30. They're cognizant of what they're eating. They've got lifestyle factors dialed in and stress is still kind of the nemesis. And I know it's something so many of us face in the modern world. It goes hand in hand with the modern lifestyle. Uh, I'd love to hear your approach to stress because I've also, you know, I've heard it and and felt in my own life, you can have everything else dialed in. And if you're not dealing with the mental and emotional aspects of stress, you're still potentially going to run into some roadblocks. Yeah. I mean, I think stress is one that's so hard because everyone's dealing with it. None of, no, none of us really have the, the best answer for it. Um, and, and I think it, fundamentally, it comes down to a few things. Number one, if your life, if you're not living um, like your values of what you value in life, you're going to be very stressed. So if you are in a job or workplace or a relationship or something that and you're or you're acting in a way that you know is contrary to like your personal values it's going to cause a lot of stress and and so i see this a lot with folks that are like in jobs that they just don't like um or jobs that are that are causing you know that that are in a field that maybe they don't like value um that's going to cause a lot of like internal stress that you don't really recognize um so making those life decisions and this is where i think for me like i was working in a system that was promoting these like short visits patients in and out. And, and I don't know, I, it was hard for me to like, have like a very clear, like mindful understanding of what was happening. But each day I was like getting frustrated, like, and I would get mad at my patients or I get mad at my medical system. Like, why aren't they doing what I say? And, and I, and then I would get mad at myself and then I get stressed out that I'm like a, a terrible doctor because I'm not helping people. And, and it really fundamentally came down to like, I wasn't, I wasn't living in a system or I wasn't living my values that I held most dear. And so that was fundamentally causing me to to kind of have this internal strife, which then presented in anger and presented in, in blame for other people. And so I think while I'm still stressful now and I have like stressful things going on right now, like in the at least in my job, for example, like I am I'm living the values like I am taking care of patients in the way that I like to take care of patients. I'm working on fundamentals. I have enough time to take care of my lifestyle. Um, while I have stress in other things because related to that, like running my own business and and paying bills, right, is a little more difficult now. At least in this one area, like I feel like my values are are, are aligned now with my behavior. My behavior is aligned with my values, and so so that's one thing to look at if you are feeling a lot of stress. Is trying trying to try and take a big look, and that's scary. And this is very hard. And this is where like a life coach or a really good friend or a therapist is going to be very helpful for you. Is is looking at what is going on kind of like in your core identity and making sure you're living that. And then the, and then, and then giving yourself a break. So if you are in a job that you, it's not aligned with core core values, but you have to be in there. And I think maybe even just understanding that um, being cognizant and mindful of like, I am, you know, I'm living in this job or I have to do this job to pay my bills. Now, how can you work that into your system? How can you still appreciate that job that you have? So this is where that mindful or that like that psychology component comes in is saying, I know I'm here. Um, I have to love and appreciate that I'm here and I'll be a different place later, but I have to be happy where I am now. A lot of stress comes from, I, you know, families that have babies that are not sleeping through the night, right? That is a very stressful time. And moms are stressed, dads are stressed. 
and the baby's not sleeping and they're feeling bad and they're feeling like it's my fault that the baby's not sleeping and then they have to wake up and they have to get to work, right? This is a, like a terrible time in your life. But at the same time, like learning to like appreciate that time and I'm being mindful, like, you know, this is a time where my baby, like this thing that I brought into the world, like needs me and I get to be there for them and loving and supporting that time that you have because that will pass. Um, and, and then trying to just change that mental attitude of like, this is something that I can use for a positive way, even though I'm not sleeping and I know I should be. Um, but you can, you can kind of reframe a little bit of that life circumstance to, to help you out in, in that stressful situation. So those are like two grand and very big topics that like take years of practice and years of mindfulness training and meditation and, 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 and work. But I think those are fundamentally going to be your best ways of dealing with like long-term stress. Now, um, the more acute short-term things are like get more sleep. So I just used a bad example of like, you know, the, the parents that couldn't sleep. But if you're not in that example, like get more sleep. Um, I, patients always ask me like, I'm sleeping X amount of time. How much should I be sleeping? And almost invariably, it's like X plus one. It's like whatever you're doing, sleep an extra hour. And when, unless there's like obviously like chronic fatigue and you're sleeping 10 hours and that's a different story. But so fundamentally, like getting a little bit extra sleep is going to be really, really important for that stress management. Um, so anyway, I would start probably start there. There's a lot of other things that go into it, but reframing the experience, um, making sure your values are aligned, um, start making sure your behaviors are aligned with your values and then getting enough sleep. Um, doing those core fundamentals um, are really going to make an, uh, a great impact on stress and happiness. Yeah, I think sleep, you're right, cannot be underestimated. And I'm curious if you have any specific tips to help with that, because I know a lot of people struggle with sleep. It's not something I personally struggle with, just making sure I have enough time for it. But my husband, for instance, doesn't get very much deep sleep. So he has trouble getting enough deep sleep every night, even if he sleeps enough hours. Um, I know other people have trouble falling asleep or some people wake up every morning at you know three or four in the morning. Are there any things that you found that are helpful for people who are struggling with sleep? Yeah, so I think that obviously is individualized too because there are a lot of different, dis, you know, disturbed sleeping patterns. So if someone's waking up really early in the morning, we have to kind of look at that and say like, what's going, what you know, what's happening to in the evening or the days before or by habits. And so, so right, there are it is going to be individualized, and that's why working with like a doctor who is familiar with the different sleep patterns and working with a, a functional doctor or someone that can get to know you really well is is really important. Um, is that you can you can go through that process. Now you go into your regular family doctor and like, I can't sleep. And they give you a pill. Like, clearly that's like not the right answer. Um, but, um, so, so first off, step number one is like find somebody really good to help you. Number two is probably assessment and like figuring out really what is happening. So keeping track on paper, you know, or buying one of those, you know, expensive devices can help not, they don't always help. Sometimes they, they make things worse because you know, the other things that are going on with your brain when you're wearing a device, but so taking an assessment of like, when, when are you going to sleep? And if you went to sleep at midnight, what is it that made you go to sleep at midnight instead of 1130? So reassessing your behavior before bed. And, and maybe it wasn't what happened at 11. Maybe it was happening at dinner. And why didn't you start dinner at seven? Oh, it was because this happened. And so reevaluating what, what are the step-by-step -step process that really made you want to stay up later um, than you wanted to. So in your case, like it sounds like you can fall asleep easily. You just don't necessarily make the time for it. So you're a very different customer than someone that is in bed at nine, but can't fall asleep until midnight, right? So approaching those differently is going to be really important as well. So, so other, so some quick things that can help out with sleep. So number one, 
I actually find doing some type of meditative practice to fall asleep can be really helpful. Before you fall asleep or after you fall asleep, some type of mindfulness or meditative practice to, to help your brain relax and ease that anxiety. Your brain is doing its job. It wants you to not forget things. So whenever you have things like pop up into your mind before you're going to bed, that anxiety kind of thought, um, it's your brain's doing its job. It's trying to help you not forget things to do in the morning because you know that you feel, you know, you feel guilt or you feel bad when you don't do the thing you're supposed to do. And so your brain's trying to remember, remember that. It's just doing it at the wrong and inappropriate time. So giving your brain and your mind and your soul a time to reflect and remember those things that has to do tomorrow. Give it a set amount of time, 10, 15 minutes before you go to bed. Review your day. Review the next day. Give your time, give your give your mind time to say, this is what I'm going to do. And then and then at that point, hopefully with training, you can then relax and go to bed and you don't continue to think about those issues. So that's that's one thing to do um, that can potentially help. There's there's another really great thing. And that's, um, you know, a lot of folks um, have found or they've built habits of like watching TV before bed or like listening to the radio to help them fall asleep. And, and this can be something that I think is like a stopgap is um, um, it's not necessarily that you want to be having that device on or you don't want to be watching TV, but what's happening is your brain, you're distracting your brain from the things that, that it's thinking about. And so then you're able to relax and you're thinking about something mindless and that helps you fall asleep. So reading a book, right. Or reading like a scientific paper that's really difficult um, or other things that people have suggested there's also this really great app that I've been recommending to my patients. It's called Sleep With Me. And it's a great app. It actually is this guy that is like does a podcast. Um, and he just basically like talks about weird, unimportant things in a weird voice for like an hour. And most of the time my patients fall asleep in like 15 minutes because what's happening is it's giving your brain something to kind of halfway focus on and help you drift to sleep to give your brain some relaxing time. So now it's not always the best thing to have devices around your bed when you're sleeping in your phone, but sometimes this can be like a band-aid until you're able to kind of figure out how to, to be, be more mindful before sleep. So um, so like a mindfulness practice before sleep um, is, is gonna be critical. And then also there are other things like magnesium we've talked about can be helpful. Um, figuring out if you have some type of melatonin, cortisol disruption, if you're not getting you know, uh, the surges in the appropriate place. So some melatonin could be helpful as, as again, for a stopgap. Um, valerian root is also something that I've found to help sleep quality in some folks that can also help out with some anxiety. So there are a lot of different supplements and herbs and things that we can try um, to, to help out with sleep. And I think this is one of those things too, where we have to continue to reevaluate. Oftentimes we're too, we're too quick to, to change something. Like I tried melatonin for three nights, it didn't help. And then you kind of write it off forever. But I think giving things a little bit more time um, to see if they help out can be helpful as well. Yeah, you're right. I think it is like anything in health. It's trying and finding the things that work for us individually. Like, for instance, I found when I was doing a lot of intermittent fasting, when I pushed my window way too far in the afternoon and didn't eat till like two in the afternoon, it was like my body wasn't getting the food signals that I needed for circadian rhythm and I was having trouble falling asleep. And so as soon as I like adjusted that window earlier, I was fine. And I think that's something that may be different for a lot of people. And so it's finding those things, like you said, and figuring out what's going to work for you. Today's podcast is sponsored by one of my favorite companies, Four Sigmatic. I love all of their delicious coffee, teas, and elixirs. And they're such a part of my daily routine 
that I can't even remember the last time a day went by when I didn't consume at least one of their products. They have both caffeine-free and naturally caffeinated options like coffee and matcha combined with superfood mushrooms like chaga, cordyceps, and reishi. Their drinks are functional and delicious and I notice a difference when I don't drink them. My normal routine is this. I drink coffee with lion's mane in the morning for energy. I'll sip on cordyceps or chaga elixirs during the day while I work. And at night I wind down with a cup of reishi elixir or sometimes reishi cocoa. My kids also love the reishi cocoa and it helps them sleep, which is a win-win for all of us. You can check out all of their products and save 15% on any order with the code wellnessmama, all one word and all lowercase, by going to foursigmatic.com forward slash wellness mama. And again, that's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash wellness mama. And make sure to use that code wellness mama to save 15%. This podcast is brought to you by Radiant Life Catalog. Radiant Life is a woman-owned, family-run, online health and wellness company that specializes in food-based supplements, nutrient-dense foods, eco-friendly housewares, water filtration, and purification. After spending over 20 years in the health industry, Radiant Life realized that one of the overlooked components of well-being is often access to clean, healthy, and hydrating water. Now they have a range of water filters that fix this and they have one for every type of house and every budget from countertop units to under the counter units and even the whole house filter that we have at our house. Their systems are crafted with a focus on health and wellness. So they improve the taste and the smell of water, but more importantly, they remove a wide range of potentially harmful contaminants. They also have an in-house water expert available all the time to guide you through their system selection process and answer any questions via phone or email. Their systems are also designed and built in the USA and really high quality. So you can learn more and see all the options and connect with the water expert if you need to by going to radiantlife.com forward slash wellness mama. So radiantlife.com forward slash wellness mama. And I locked in a special discount just for you guys. They almost never give discounts, but you can save $200 on a whole house or a 14 stage water system by using the code WM podcast. So again, check out radiantlife.com forward slash wellness mama and use the code WM podcast to save $200. Another thing I'm getting a lot of questions right now from listeners and readers about, and I'd love your take on is different versions of the keto diet. And I'd love to hear how you feel like this fits in um, in general to a healthy eating approach, to a functional medicine approach. On a personal level, for me, I found that I'm not able to eat that high fat, especially saturated fat. Just with a couple of genes that I have, I do. I really don't do well with that much saturated fat. But I have heard from people who anecdotally seem to do great on it. I'm curious what your take is. Yeah. So I think like any anything, it's a tool. And I think we use a tool for the appropriate job. I think what happens is that we have folks that have found that this tool works for them, right? The hammer is, is hitting the nail in. Um, they get faced with a screw or the other person is a screw and they're trying the hammer and the keto is not working. And so we keep trying it, right? Or, or our lives change. And so oftentimes like keto is going to be very effective um, for a lot of people. So what happens, you know, we, we come into keto from a ver- variety of areas, but a lot of people have been super high carb. They have terribly high insulin resistance. Their body is not, you know, not adjusting well to um, to then trying to sleep or trying to, you know, putting on a lot of weight. Your body, you know, your your hormones are out of whack because of all these issues. And so you start someone on a keto diet, and in your this you're using it as a tool 
to then train their body to, you know, decrease the amount of insulin that is required. So then insulin resistance can come down to changing the way that um, you're, 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 you're digesting and, and using the carbohydrates you are, uh, you know, increasing your enzymes that are going to be helping you, you know, break down that fat and then training your body to use that fat as a fuel. So keto diet is going to be extremely helpful in those folks. They come in and, and lowering the carbohydrate level. Now, well, whether they need to go full keto or not, I think this is something that can be, you know, hot, hotly debated. And some folks, um, you know, will be a set of the fence. But for me, at least personally, I use it as a tool. And I, and I think it's appropriate for some people and, and not appropriate for others. And it could be changed. I think sometimes also we get stuck in a pattern where I've been doing keto for three years and I was doing great. And now, and now things are starting to fall apart. And that's where we think we need to reevaluate and say, is there a seasonal change to the way we eat? Are there times when it's okay to eat more carbohydrates, but then cycle back into a lower carbohydrate diet? And so, and this is where I think it's hard to do that alone. And this is where it's, it's helpful to have a physician or somebody else to kind of walk you through that process because we do get stuck in this kind of narrow-minded view on our own of, of what we should do. And this has worked for me in the past. So if I just do it more, it's going to continue to work in for me. So, you know, if 80 grams of carbs a day was good for me, I'm going to push it to 60 and then I'm going to push it to 40. I'm going to push it to 20. And, and you get into these deficits where sometimes then you have problems with your thyroid gland and all kinds of other issues, but reevaluate it instead of just pushing harder and stronger, stepping back, and saying, is this the appropriate tool for me to use right now? Or do I just need to, you know, change my psychological, you know, you know, involvement with food and change the way I'm feeling about food? And that's going to have a better outcome on my happiness versus going stronger, harder into keto. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I think you, you hit the nail on the head with that idea that with any of these, whether it be keto, whether it be even people who go vegan, whatever it is, when you're switching from just a high refined food diet to that, you're going to see probably some benefits just because of that change and just because of hopefully getting more whole nutritious foods into your diet versus what you're necessarily cutting out. Um, and another example of that that I hear from people more and more about is the carnivore diet. And I personally, I have some concerns just because um, that one, depending on how it's done, can be extremely restrictive. And I worry about the gut and not getting enough of different types of varieties of fiber to encourage gut bacteria. But I'm curious what your take on the carnivore diet is. Oh, gosh. I, to be honest, I haven't worked with many patients that have wanted or tried carnivore. I've never done it myself. So I'll, to be honest, like I don't know um, much about how that is going to affect. I think, you know, obviously it's going to be a super low carbohydrate diet. Like, like we said, it's going to help people at times. But I think also like that restrictiveness um, can be psychologically difficult for a lot of folks. So I think, you know, folks that have eating disorders are going into this process. And, and this is another way for them to exert control over their lives. I think um, people are using it sometimes that way. And so I would say this is something to, you know, to obviously evaluate, but, but other, but other people, you know, they do have significant issues with plants. Um, you know, and Georgie is a good friend of mine. You know, she doesn't eat many plants. Anytime she eats plants, she like has severe issues. And, and this is something that like for her is found to be a tool that helps her be happier. Um, and so there are patients that I know that, that we just can't fundamentally figure out what's going on and like the root cause of what's causing them whenever they eat plants to have problems, um, we can't figure it out. And I think for those folks, you say, well, maybe this is the best course for you then, because at least with the tools that we have now, we can't figure out why plants are causing so many problems. So going to a more carnivore diet could be the right solution for that patient. Cool. That makes sense. 
Okay. So I'm curious for, I want to talk about the onboarding process a little bit. Um, I know we started with talking about concierge medicine, but I want to talk about it, especially for families because the majority of people listening are moms. And I know, like I said, this has been really beneficial and time-saving and money-saving in my own life. And I know that it can be for a lot of others as well, but I also know that it's not the norm and it's an unusual thing for people who aren't familiar with it. And so there's a lot of questions. Let's talk about for a family who maybe is used to the traditional insurance model and the traditional doctor model, um, making a switch into something like concierge medicine. I'll share from my personal experience as well, but let's just talk through like what that process looks like for the you and patient relationship. Yeah. So that's, that's great. So, um, you know, someone goes to CityMD, they're going to see that there's a family plan available and, you know, and having to you decide, is this going to be the right fit for your family? I think this is a really good question. So the way, the way it works is number one, first getting to know the parents. So the mom or the dad, or both preferably, um, getting to know both of them or mom, mom, or dad, dad, however it is, whatever your family is, that's cool. So getting to know whoever the parents are, the leads of the house, um, and, 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 and talking to, the parents. So getting to know fundamentally like your history, your health, and maybe even working together um, for a, for a few, for a little while, and then bringing the kids on. So then we would have individual visits with the kids. Um, and individual visits are important, and I do want to see. We have to see your kid on the camera. I want to make sure that I get that relationship with them as well, um, and get started with them. So going into their history, their background. Um, at least getting that fundamental. So there's several different levels. When you do go through SteadyMD, um, there's a couple different levels. So you can have a full plan for your child, or you can kind of have like a backup plan. Um, and the, the family plan of like adding a kid on where we can help out with smaller kind of issues, things that come up, advice, um, but aren't necessarily doing like full functional medicine, like for your child, right? So um, if, you, if you do have like a, a very sick kid that has a lot of issues, then we're probably looking at like, talking to support at SteadyMD and kind of figuring out how, you know, is this appropriate for us to help out with that child? Because there are things that are very specific for kids that we want to make sure that, that we're not missing them just by doing like kind of a more cursory. So if, if it's, so kind of making that decision and, and maybe even talking with your doctor to figure out if that's, a, if that's the most appropriate um, course for you. So um, let's just, let's just say that you have um, a family, two parents, um, two kids, the kids are relatively healthy. So um, in, in that case, you know, having a visit with them and then and then going through that process. But that onboarding always starts with the parents, bringing on the kids, making sure it's appropriate, that there isn't any underlying issues that that, that need to be addressed um, before that would happen. And then, and then after that, it really um, is in some ways um, incumbent on both the doctor and the parents to make sure that the, the, the kids are doing well. So you know, I will reach out and make sure your family is doing great. But I also want to hear from the parents. I want to hear from the moms that, you know, what's going on, how, how are, how are the kids doing and and being proactive kind of both directions, I think is helpful. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'll say from my end, like we are, none of our kids have any intensive health issues at all. And so for me, it's been kind of like, having a doctor in my pocket when there's any small issue that comes up, whether it be a kid gets pink eye or an ear infection, or last year we had a really, our neighborhood had an outbreak of impetigo, which is a staph infection on the skin. Um, and it was a nightmare because there's 38 kids in our neighborhood and it kept just transferring back and forth. We were able to um, fight it without internal antibiotics because those are definitely a last resort for me. And working with a steady MD doctor, we were able to use topical stuff and natural remedies and like really focused immune approaches and finally got past that. But I couldn't have imagined having to go 
like to, to urgent care to a doctor every time for every kid or every time there was it got passed back and forth. And so it's also such peace of mind. And I think of it as we order everything else to our houses these days, like Amazon or food delivery, everything just shows up at our house. And yet we still have to drive to the doctor most of the time. Whereas now you guys can come to our living room too via video chat, which has been really amazing. Even um, it's just technology. There's digital otoscopes that connect to my phone. So like my study MD doc has seen my kids' eardrums remotely. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a really, really great point. You know, a lot of the, it's like the doc in your pocket of, you know, what's, you know, small things are going on or big things that you need advice on, you know, that's where I want to hear about what, what's happening. And I would rather, I would rather hear from my patient um, and say, do I, do I do X or Y? And I can help work through that rather than like in two weeks from now, I'm like, Oh, we went to urgent care. And I'm like, Oh, I totally could have helped you out with that. So I think that's where I think that's that's where you're right now. If if it becomes more involved or there's more things going on, then that's a different story um, because you know kids are special and we want, and we want them to to grow really well. And so sometimes um, it does take a more involved process, and so you'd have to talk to the SEDMD doctor about that. But but if it's um, relatively healthy, doc in your pocket, kind of um, those kind of things, that's like ideal for our for, for our current um, setup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to put it for parents and. I should have mentioned at the beginning and I make sure it's in the intro, but there um, I'll put the link to StudyMD and especially to the quiz that helps you figure out which doctor you match best with. I'll make sure that is in the show notes at wellnessmama.fm. But Dr. Rick, you are currently accepting new patients as well. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, yep, yeah, I am. So that is one of the things about, the, like you brought up that quiz. That's actually one of the best things about StudyMD we haven't even touched on is, is this alignment process. And so um, when you, you know, your listeners, if you go onto the, the, the website now you'll the first thing you'll do is take this quiz and that quiz helps provide alignment um making sure that you are finding a doctor who is into the same things as you are who addresses health the same thing way you are and 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 that person might not be me right so i'm here talking to your folks but there's probably another doctor most likely who fits better than me i I might be that person but if i'm not there's going to be a doctor we're going to help build that alignment i think that's really kind of critical in that healing process is finding somebody that you work well with, that you're that that is that's going to be your kind of doctor friend, and so the building that alignment, making sure you're on the in the same kind of wavelength is is crucial. And that quiz works that way. So I would love it if that's me for you. So if your listeners, if you get on and you see me, see my face, click on me, and I'd love to be your doctor. I am taking patients right now. I actually am quite um, a few weeks booked out, but that but I'm we're always opening up slots, and there's a new doctors coming on. So the the service like. Has been has been really great so far. So SteadyMD has been growing. We just hired a few, like about ten actually. We just offered ten new doctors positions to open up because things are growing and people are really responding well to our service. And so, um, if there's not a doctor that fits for you in your state right now, um, hold on for a few months and there probably will be. So we just brought on actually a, another functional doctor and hired another integrative um, doctor that are coming hopefully on the service um, very soon, getting them licensed up. And so there are going to be um, new folks. Now, the other thing, too, is as um, thus far kind of in our service, we've been doing more like personal care with like a functional medicine slant, um, but but focused mainly on like the personal care. We found that um, doing like full functional medicine, the full lab testing, like all of, you know, everything that goes into that, we were actually like um, it was taking a lot of time too much. I mean, which was great, but a lot of folks that were very sick and a lot needed more help than we were able to support. So we're actually starting a, a new, and actually maybe by the time that this launches, um, 
the, the we'll have a new functional medicine service. So this will be a separate product to kind of like our lifestyle product. Um, and this service will will then be specifically for functional medicine. Um, your doctor will be um, have a background in functional medicine. And, and, and in that way, you'll be able to spend more time. And so 60 minute first visits will be 90 minute first visits. Um, and, and so we're very excited about this, this program. Um, it had, so right now we're doing the trial version of it. Hopefully by the time this launches, it'll be, it'll be live. Um, but we're also making uh, tweaks and changes to it to make sure it's working for our folks. So keep, keep a lookout on that too. And that's, that's pretty exciting that we're, we're, we're ready to kind of offer that. We've kind of dabbled in it a little bit. Um, to see how things would work. Um, and so I think we have it now tuned up to, to be a, a successful service line for, for your listeners and our patients. I love that. And that's something else to clarify is um, because a lot of these doctors, they're virtual. They're not in your state necessarily. So you're not going to see them in person. You're going to see them via phone or video chat, but they are licensed in your state. So if you're working with a doctor, they have a, a medical license in your state. And that's something SteadyMD works with you guys to do. Is that right? To get licensed in the states that your patients need you in essentially? Yeah, exactly. So um, because I don't know if you knew this, but medicine is different in Nevada than Utah. So you have to like go through <laughs> just kidding. It's the same, but we have laws and whatever. It's really frustrating. But that's actually the biggest one of the biggest barriers of hiring new doctors is licensing. So I, you know, I, I started in licensing in Utah um, and then we were able to get me a license kind of across the country now. But it takes a long time. and It's taken months um, to do that. So that's actually one of the, the larger barriers in kind of in our, in our model, unfortunately, but, but now we we've kind of learned how to get past that. And so that's one of the things that I think um, we've worked on where well, the others have is we're licensed in the state. We have a doctor for each state and we're getting a functional doctors trained in functional medicine for each state as well. And that's coming. We're almost there. So that's another kind of exciting thing is that we can offer like fully legal licensed um, MDDOs in your state that can see virtually. And if you happen to be in Utah and you want to sign up, then I'll see you in person too. And that's kind of fun too, is if you're, or people are traveling through, I have patients that, that are sometimes in town and they'll come and see me. And so, so yeah, that's a, that's a big point. And that has been a barrier, but it's becoming less of a barrier because they're hiring new doctors and it's going great. Awesome. Well, I know just how busy you are as a practicing doctor and, you know, concierge medicine doctor with SteadyMD. And I know that um, you help many people. I'm really grateful that you took an hour to share with us today and to answer all my questions. Like I said, I'll make sure that the links we talked about are in the show notes at wellnessmama.fm. So you guys can see if perhaps Dr. Rick will be your doctor with SteadyMD or truly I haven't met any of the doctors with SteadyMD that I don't love. So all of the options are awesome. But I just really appreciate your time and wisdom and being here today. My pleasure. And thanks as always to all of you for listening and sharing your most valuable asset, your time with us today. We're so grateful that you did. And I hope that you will join me again on the next episode of the Wellness Mama podcast. If you're enjoying these interviews, would you please take two minutes to leave a rating or review on iTunes for me? Doing this helps more people to find the podcast, which means even more moms and families can benefit from the information. I really appreciate your time. And thanks as always for listening.